Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is a video teaching series, Praying Like the Apostles Prayed, or How to Pray Like the Apostles Prayed. This is lesson number 13, and we're continuing the subject we were talking about in the last lesson, Perseverance in Prayer. And we were teaching from Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, where we are commanded by the Holy Ghost to pray all kinds of prayers by the Spirit at all times, and that we are to pray with perseverance. And I, in this lesson, I just want to give you some, a few biblical examplers. There's not enough time to give all of them uh, that it were possibly could be used, but I, I want to give you a few a few lessons, a few examples of this being done in the Scripture. Uh the first one would be Daniel's determination in his prayer for Israel to be restored to Jerusalem, uh, to the city of Jerusalem. They were in captivity in Babylon. So in Daniel chapter 9, verse 1, uh, Daniel says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, there we go. <laughs> the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the Lord of, uh, word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. So the Lord directed Daniel to read, and Daniel read in the books, that would be the spiritual scrolls, uh, where God said to the prophet Jeremiah that, Judah was going to be removed from the promised land for 70 years, and they would be in captivity for 70 years. Well, Daniel looked at the time and knew the 70 years was up, and so it rose up in him to pray for God to fulfill that word. You say, well, as I said in the last lesson, you, you say, well, well, God's going to do this. He promised it. no. He gave us the promise so we would pray for it so it could come to pass. He gave us promises so that we could pray for. That's why not only is persevering prayer one of the primary uh, weapons of spiritual warfare, but the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is a method of spiritual warfare. Uh, one of the other main offensive weapons of spiritual warfare. And it is rhema. It is the rhema of God. It's the rhema of God. And the rhema of God is the voice of God that speaks to us, that's in accordance to the logos, and we speak that. We believe it in our heart, and we speak it with our mouth. That's the spirit of faith, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, according to Paul. That is the spirit of faith. I believe, therefore I speak. So I hear what God says, I believe it, I speak it. That's the sword of the Spirit. So God gives us these promises. So we will know that he's ready. So that the, we will pray these things. And listen to Daniel's re resolution here to pray. This came from the Holy Ghost. Even though he didn't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. And I set my face unto the Lord God. 
to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, Lord, the great and dreadful God keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned. Now, if you read anything about Daniel's life, he wasn't praying about sin he committed, even though I'm sure he wasn't perfect. What sin he was he praying for? Israel went into idolatry and God removed them from the promised land. So this is the first recorded prayer for Israel's repentance of Israel's repentance and forgiveness. Because sometimes for God to fulfill what he's promised, there's some business we've got to take care of with him. We got to find out why it's not happening. And repent for all that. Forgive the grudges or, and surrender our will so that it can happen. And so he said, we have sinned and have committed iniquity. We live by our own self-will. That's iniquity. We haven't done the will of God. We've done our own will. And have done wickedly and have rebelled. And even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments, neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. The Lord, O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces as of this, as at this day. To the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to all Israel that are near and that are afar off through all the countries where thou hast driven them because of their trespasses that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, that's some prayer of repentance, isn't it? O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face to our kings and to our princes, to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgivenesses, though we have rebelled against him. In other words, we're in this condition. It's not your fault, God. You're simply responding to the choices we've made, to the things we've done that we're doing by our will that we don't want to repent of because repentance is change. Change of mind, a change of direction. So I'm not going to repent for that because I'm not ready to change because I'm living by my will. Yea, all Israel have transgressed. Excuse me. Uh, to the to the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against Him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in His laws, which He set before us by His servants, the prophets. Yea, all Israel have transgressed Thy law, even by departing that they might not obey Thy voice. Therefore, the curse is poured upon us and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against thee. We, how do we sin? We didn't obey your voice. We didn't walk in your word. We live by our own will. We are workers of iniquity. Yea, and he, and he hath confirmed his words. Which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil. For under the whole heaven hath not been done as hath been done upon Jerusalem. As it is written of the law of Moses, all this evil has come upon us. Yet made we not our prayer before the Lord that we might turn from our iniquities and understand that truth. They didn't repent. It was all done because they didn't repent. Therefore... Wait, wait, wait. What's going to happen if we don't repent of our iniquities, living by our wills and not God's will? Controlling and running our own lives rather than submitting to God to control and run our lives. What's going to happen to us? What's going to happen if we don't repent of that? 
change our mind and change our direction. Therefore, the Lord, the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us. For the Lord God, Lord our God is righteous in all his works which he doeth. For we obeyed not his voice. <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy. And now, O oh Lord, our God, that has, that has brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and has gotten thee renown as, uh, as at this day. We have sinned and done, we have done wickedly. O oh Lord, according to thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine holy, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from the, from thy city Jerusalem, thy holy mountain because of our sins and for our iniquities and for our fathers. Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all who are about us. Now therefore, O oh our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplication and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. God can't do that if we don't repent. Daniel is praying and said, now I'm repenting for Israel. Turn to us. Well, I've got to believe that God honored his prayer, and we know that God did. But I've also got to believe that Daniel wasn't the only one praying this. I believe God stirred up every other person that was truly submitted to God, and they repented for Israel like he did. Sometimes we got to repent for the church. Even if we weren't particularly guilty of something. Sometimes we've got to repent for our world. That doesn't mean everybody's saved. We're trying to turn away the wrath of God so that people can be saved. In the next lesson, we will talk about that specifically. Ezekiel 22 verses 30 and 31. If he could find one to pray, he'd be able to save. Because his plan would be fulfilled. His, his word, the limitations he put on himself by his plan would be fulfilled, thus allowing him to work. Now, therefore, O our, our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and, thy, and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for, thy, for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline thine ear and hear. Open thine eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousnesses, but for thy great mercy. Well, we're not praying because we're good. We're praying because you're good. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake, O my God, for thy city and for thy, and thy people are called by thy name. Hello? So people can be called by the name of the Lord. They can have the Holy Ghost. They can be baptized in Jesus' name and be walking in iniquity. Yeah, yeah. And need to repent? Yes. You can't have revival till there's repentance. Now, you can go make a bunch of converts without revival and repentance. Yeah, you can. But you're bringing all those new people in to fellowship with people that are walking in their own iniquity, doing their own will and they become their examples. Those that are sitting there in their own iniquity, not doing the will of God, running their own lives, they become the examples of these new ones. And these new spiritual babies are very impressionable. So why would God want to give us a harvest where they're going to sit in fellowship with people that don't want to do the will of the Father? So revival is, God brings us to repentance, and everybody that won't repent, he moves out. Why? Why? Because it's his church. 
Well, we're going to lose a lot of people. Well, you should have been preaching repentance before now. Because they should have come to this before now. The chaff are the ungodly. And the ungodly are those who want the benefits of being a child of God, but don't want to surrender and submit to God to be his, to belong to him and to do his will, his way, his time. Amen. I know this is strong. I'm sorry. I can't repent for what the Holy Ghost is saying. I'm not trying to be negative. Chester Wright is not being negative. But the Holy Ghost is trying to stir us. The Holy Ghost is trying to get our attention. Yes, he is. Because the Holy Ghost is trying to lead the church to repentance. Every bit of the church that is living against the will of God. Daniel is not, there's no place Daniel is ever accused by God of not doing the will of God. So those that are doing the will of God need to pray and, 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 and repent for those that aren't doing the will of God so that God will be able to move and they will eventually repent for not doing the will of God so that God can pour out his blessings. Otherwise, he's got to pour out his wrath, his judgment. Because he hates, the Bible says, he hates iniquity. He hates the action of those that are doing their will and not his will. He hates it. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake. O my God, for thy city and for thy, and thy people are called by thy name. And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin, and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. That's three o'clock in the afternoon. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I am come now. I'm now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth and I am come to show thee for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. And then Daniel is given the vision of the 70 weeks uh, that are determined upon thy people and thy holy city. I'd love to talk about that. But there isn't time to do that. There isn't time. On another occasion, Daniel is praying and he prays with persistence. Three weeks he prayed and fasted. And the, the angel, uh, Gabriel showed up and then and said, uh, the Lord heard you the first time you prayed, but the prince of Persia has been resisting. And Michael, your prince, has come and is warring for you against that prince of Persia. And and now I've come. I've been able to get here to you with the answer to your prayer because that resistance has been defeated. That's why we pray persevering prayer. God heard him the first day. But the adversary, the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air, the God of this cosmos, is resisting what God is wanting to do. That's why we pray. We become conduits of God's name, God's will, God's word, 
God's power, God's authority, God's kingdom in the earth. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why we pray persevering prayers. We don't ask one time, and then if it doesn't happen, oh well. Prayer is not our wishing well that we throw a quarter in and make a wish and expect it to come through. No. No. Those men and women, especially the men, uh, who were a part of the evasion force on June the 6th, 1944, called D-Day. They came by ships and by planes. And what they were trying to do was defeat an enemy that was dug in to keep them off the beach. And a lot of people lost their lives trying to gain a beachhead, a footing on dry ground. A lot of people died. They gave their lives to get a beachhead. But getting a beachhead is not enough. A lot of churches have a beachhead. But we haven't driven the enemy back so that we can take territory, spiritual territory. And so we quit praying. We stop praying. We get a beachhead and stop praying and wonder why God isn't doing anything. Because we have to keep praying. And that once we got a beachhead, some days we will pray warfare prayer. Some days we will pray travailing prayer so that babes can be born. And other days we will pray for needs, not temporal needs, spiritual needs for the kingdom and for those that are participating in the kingdom. We'll do that. And those prayers are always there. So our devotional prayer is becomes religious and obligation because we don't even understand why we're what we're doing here and because we don't understand what prayer is supposed to be. We don't understand it. So we get our devotions in, but we never submit ourselves to him for him to pray through us what needs to be prayed. We don't ever speak words of authority, which are words of faith. Words of faith are words of authority and power. We don't speak those things. So the word of God is not released. The authority of God's not released because authority is exercised by speaking by the one with authority speaking. We don't do that. We don't do that. Why? Why don't we do that? Because we want to just put in our time and fill up our prayer time, whatever that is, half hour, hour, two hours, some are so spiritual, they've got a two-hour prayer time. And when that two hours is up, they're done. The rest of the day's theirs. And they want God to bless what they do the rest of the day. I'm not trying to be unkind here, folks, but God help us. So I pray my will for the 22 hours. I pray his, I, I submit myself to praying for two hours. And I'm spiritual, two whole hours. I'm spiritual, but I got that done now. Now I got 22 hours out of my time. And I'm asking God to bless me to do what I want to do for those 22 hours. That is a prayer of iniquity. If iniquity is not doing the will of the Father but doing my own will, when I pray to to God to bless what my will is, what I'm choosing to do and the decisions I'm making and what I'm doing for the rest of my life, rest of my day, I'm praying a prayer of iniquity. 
Now, if God hates iniquity, he hates prayers of iniquity. Why? Because we're not only doing our will. Oh, when we're not doing our will, we're not, when we're doing our will, we're not doing his will. Double, double the consequences here. So when I don't have time, I don't have time to pray as the Lord leaves throughout the day to speak his words. And if I don't know what to pray in English, we have a helper. That's what we talked about in this whole series. The Spirit's going to pray through us. So I need to be ready at any moment to pray in the Spirit, by means of the Spirit, to let him pray. And he can say those words he needs to say through me by the Spirit. If he wants them said in the language of my mind, he can give me that. He can inspire me to do that. But it's all day. Consciously or subconsciously, all day, let the Spirit pray. All day. What, what, what are we supposed to be doing here? What are we supposed to be doing? <sighs> Jacob. This is another example of prevailing prayer. Genesis 32. He's about to face his brother who hates him and wants to kill him. But God has said, go back to promised land. Leave Canaan, go back to promised land. So he's coming back. But now it's the night before he's going to see his brother. And he, he, he needs some victory here. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man. He went over the brook Jabbok. All of his family and possessions were on one side of the brook. He went on the other side by himself. That brook became a dividing line between his past and his future. And to have your future, you got to pray like Jacob did to have his future. Jacob was left alone. There wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he, the, the angel uh, that was in the form of a man, touched the hollow of his thigh, Jacob's thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. So now all Jacob could do, he couldn't wrestle, but he clung. He didn't turn loose. And the uh, angel said, he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And I said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be no more called call no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Now, he didn't talk God into doing anything that wasn't the will of God. He was wrestling with the angel, but he was wrestling with himself. He came to the end of himself in this situation. He came to the end of himself. He came to the end of himself. So the question here, my friend, is, what are we going to do about this prevailing prayer? What are we going to do about it? Are we going to let God use us in prevailing prayer? In the next couple of uh, lessons in this series, I'm going to look at in detail a few more of these examples because this has got to get in our spirit. It's got to get in our minds, our hearts, our souls, our spirits. It's got to get in there. And we've got to let God do that. And so I'm Praying in the name of Jesus. I'm praying in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
that you and I will let God do these things in our spirit according to his word and will, and that we would give ourselves to persevering in prayer, that the name of Jesus would be manifested and sanctified, that the kingdom of God would come into manifestation and demonstration in the world, that the word of God might be confirmed, and that the will of God as its purpose in heaven might come to pass in the earth and prevail. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray this. Amen. God bless you.